Hi, everyone. This is Aaron. I am the social media manager for Sola Network. And today we have a very special guest. David, would you please introduce yourself for us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, glad to be here. Uh, my name is David Yoon. I am on Spotify and Instagram as uh, Kindred Worship. And I'm a worship pastor at a church at Worship Jesus Bible Church, uh, currently at Talbot Seminary, hopefully graduating very, very soon. And um, yeah, that's, that's just a little bit about me, locally based in uh, Orange County. David, I am a fan of Kindred Music, and I wanted to ask you what started your journey as a worship artist. Is it, is it okay if I call you a worship artist? Like, is that a term that you like to use? You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm, if I'm very honest with you, I'm kind of new to this whole thing myself. And so like, I've heard like worship artists, like, uh, like I've heard of various different titles, so I'm okay with whatever you're, you're comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, just to answer your question, I, I've always been interested in music um, and I've always been involved in worship or or music in church since I was kind of like in ninth grade basically um, I started off on keys and then uh, you know picked up the guitar in high school and you know just been involved in church praise teams because basically I could play an instrument right like a lot of like worship leaders or praise leaders they just kind of get thrown in because they can play GCE minor D right uh, and so I, I kind of got thrown into that but uh, yeah I, after college I was just kind of like in this flux of God, I have this passion for worship ministry, but um, especially coming from like Asian American churches where this is a little bit less accepted or a little bit less common of a path to go down. Uh, it almost seems like if you want to do ministry, like there's only really one pathway, right? Like you have to be a pastor. Mm. Um, and so uh, I, I felt like that was like the only way to go about it. But like God kept putting on my heart, like this passion for music and to see music kind of being reclaimed for Jesus. And so I started down this pathway, joining various different teams. And uh, yeah, I, I was just serving as the worship pastor at my church for four years. And then about two years ago, um, a good friend of mine, who's a very talented producer, uh, he and I got together and I just kind of told him like, I, I'm at a point where I'm about to give up on the stream. Uh, mm. I think I was kind of feeling like pretty defeated at that point where it just felt like there was no opportunity for it. And I said, I'm just going to give it one last shot. And if you're willing to help me, like it would be really nice if you're willing to do that for me. Um, so yeah, we started Kindred uh, two years ago and put the EP out and like we recorded and put it out in about six, seven months, which is kind of fast. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we put it out and we we had no idea how it was going to do. We really had expectations like maybe 100 people might listen to it. And that might be like the 100 people that I know. Yeah, <laughs> and that might be the end of it. Um, but I was just kind of at a place like, God, if this is your will. Um, and I don't want to regret not giving this a real honest shot and next thing i know i'm you know we're still doing this and we're still working on music together and and yeah we god has been opening up a lot of pathways and a lot of doors for us to keep doing this and so yeah just been really really excited about it
That's a great story. And I love that you're still doing it. Um, just for our audience, though, to be clear, Kindred Worship is you. Uh, you yeah. have a friend that, that's helping you, but it, Kindred Worship is you. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a little confusing. It's because when I was coming into it, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I, I, don't, I didn't know if it was going to be a band. I didn't know if it was going to be like this like collective project thing. You know, I just kept bouncing around like, God, I'm not sure what to do. But uh, as we dive deep into it more and more, it just seems like it is me. Uh, my friend that I'm talking about, he he runs something called Beloved Music, and he's just a very, very talented producer. And so I work on every single song with him, and it's just been an awesome relationship, um, not just in a musical sense, but how God has been growing both of us throughout this process has been really, really cool. But yeah, to clarify, it's it's just me. <laughs> I always say we, and uh, my girlfriend always makes fun of me for saying we, but yeah, it's just me. You're on YouTube, Spotify, you're everywhere. How would you describe your music? I think people should listen to it first, but since we're in this conversation, how would you describe it for those who are interested? Yeah, that's a very good question. I honestly have a hard time even for myself kind of pinpointing what genre it might be. I think a lot of people sometimes tell me it's like a mixture of like like lo-fi hip-hop slash rock slash a variety of different genres. And I think what's been kind of cool to see is just uh, a lot of the music I used to listen to as a kid is kind of showing up uh, in this type of music. And yeah, so I don't really have an answer for that question, to be honest with you. It's just whatever I've listened to is is the influences are kind of showing. Um, it's influences from like, um, I used to, or I listened to like a lot of King's Kaleidoscope. Uh, I listened to like Chance the Rapper sometimes. And then like, um, like what is it? Like fusion jazz from, from Japan or uh, like back when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of like Final Fantasy soundtracks and some of those <laughs> melody lines are like showing up. And, um, and so like those, all of those influences are starting to kind of like pop up a little bit. Um, and so it's been kind of cool to see it's kind of like a melting pot of all of that. I think that's a fair assessment. I, I'm a fan. And uh, yeah, that, that sounds like your music. That definitely does. <laughs> um, I want to speak to you as a worship leader as well. Um, you kind of mentioned that. Can you tell me about your role as a worship leader at your church? And maybe, yeah, just a little bit about your worship leading background. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of probably a lot of kids that got thrown into worship leading when they were a kid. Um, like I mentioned before, I, I got thrown into it because I could play keys and I could uh, sing a little bit and, you know, play guitar, basically. Um, but I never learned. or And I think contemporary Christian music, especially for the Asian American church, was kind of something that we were slowly picking up on. Um, and so there were not many role models or anything growing up. And so you know, it's 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 a struggle just trying to figure it out for mostly yourself or whatever worship leaders you can kind of find for guidance through it. And so I've been kind of like wrestling with the question of what is worship leading and, you know, what kind of songs can we sing and what is theologically sound and what's not. Is reckless love a problem? Maybe it is. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> unforeseen, sloppy, wet. I don't know. We like we, we struggle through all of those. Right. Um and so, yeah, I, I, but I just know that I have this passion to see uh, people through music uh, experience God in a powerful way and 
and a theologically rich way. And so that's just been kind of like my journey, especially in this season where I'm at Worship Jesus Bible Church. Um, the, the pastor there gave me an opportunity to say, hey, I want to see this vision come to fruition. Uh, this is just an open slate, an open canvas for you to do that. And that was very enticing to me. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been there for the past six years. And we're, it's, it's kind of fun because it's very experimental, kind of new, kind of uh, not your typical, you know, like second gen EM Korean church a lot of times. And it's been really fun to kind of explore what is theologically rich, but um, musical and awesome God glorifying worship. Yeah. Um, you and I got connected because we're recording this for like a digital Sola online conference that they want to do. Um, and I think the theme is worship and witness or the theme is witness, I think. Um, and we're talking about worship. So for you, I want to ask you, how do you see worship and witness being tied into your calling as a worship leader and as a worship artist? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think you can't lead anywhere that you haven't been, right? And I, uh, I'm going through this book that I'm sure a lot of uh, people have read with their own praise teams, but I'm going through it with my own uh, by Bob Coughlin, the Worship Matters book. And he makes this whole point about how I don't want anybody to be surprised by my private life. When they see me on stage, I don't want them to be surprised by how I live in my private life. And I, I totally agree with that. I think your, your witness starts from, you know, your bedroom. It starts from where you're living in home. And so I think um, there is a major temptation, if we're talking about specifically like worship leading, right, to, for worship leaders to look really good on the outside. They're, they're very good at like portraying a certain image sometimes, right? Mm. Um, you know, life can be like going through the motions, but because we need to lead a worship set, like the moment, you know, that countdown stops and then it's time for worship. It's like, how are we doing in the house of the Lord today, <laughs> right? Like, like something clicks, <laughs> right? Um, and it's so easy to turn that on. And, and that's kind of where the problem is, right? And I think that's the reason why we also see so many um, church leaders and worship leaders kind of falling from grace lately um, mm. because their their personal worship and their witness of Jesus kind of stems from what's on the outside rather than what's their personal relationship with Jesus is. So I think it's very interrelated. There's um, the church has gone through a lot, I think, um, especially with COVID. How yeah. have you seen worship? change during this COVID season? Oh, this is a, this is a heavy one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my personal experience, the hardest thing was the fact that I'm trying to lead people through a camera, right? Whether it's live streaming or pre-recorded, it's like, I have to just trust that there are people on the other side. And I think one of the the hardest challenges of the church in this season is how do we make worship still corporate uh, while being separated? Right. right? Um, and so I don't know if we've overcome that. And I think if there's one thing that uh, 
this season has taught us or has revealed to us, I don't know if it changed, but one thing that it has revealed is that there's been this ongoing idea that, oh, it's about God and me in worship. And there's like this per- personal aspect in worship. And I believe mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the pursuit of that, sometimes like corporate worship seems not as important. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're seeing in this season is that corporate worship is so important and so necessary for the believer um, because it's not the same. And I've, yeah. I've heard countless church members and, and people around me saying, you know, I, I've come to realize how much I rely on Sunday service and worshiping together with other people. And so I don't think it, it's changed. I think it's just been become very revealing of how important corporate worship really is to our, our faith and to bolster our faith. Wow. I totally agree with you. How is your church doing right now? Um, are you guys still doing it on what are you live streaming? Are you doing Zoom? How are you guys doing it? Yeah. Uh, well, we're doing a hybrid model right now. Now that like things are kind of opening up a little bit, uh, we have a few people in the sanctuary and we're doing live stream uh, for the most part. So most of our congregation is still on the li- live stream. Uh, but man, when there were some people that came in through the door and we sang together, like, oh, it was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it, was, it was like a full year of not being able to sing together with other people. And yeah. just being able to confess together was really, really such a big blessing. Sola conference was canceled early last year. Um, and you were the slated worship leader for the event. Um, can you tell me sort of how you got involved with that? Um, and then how you felt when they canceled it? Yeah. Um, honestly, how I got involved was very, very simple. Um, I just got an email or a message, (laughs) uh, from someone from Sola and they were saying that, Hey, can you lead worship for us? And I think the hard part is just accepting <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. I think not because there's anything against solo or anything, but it's because, um, you know, sometimes I even struggle with like, like self-confidence and um, like, let's be honest here, like solo hosted like my citizens and stuff like that. And I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking to myself like, man, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I can <laughs> do all of those things and those you know those are just humanly speaking things but Mm. um but as i kind of prayed about it i was like yeah you know i think it would just be great to encourage pastors and encourage ministry leaders around the area if we can just all kind of worship together and so i became very excited about the idea as uh, i agreed to do this and then when it got canceled i was honestly very sad (laughs) um but uh yeah, but very understanding. I, I understand that the board is, you know, trying to juggle health concerns and different people and thoughts and opinions and going through all of that. And so I'm just excited for the fact that, you know, I got to meet you, Aaron, and we get to talk <laughs> and have this conversation together. And hopefully someday soon, you know, we'll all be able to gather and worship together. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think I think we made the right decision looking back on what happened yeah, yeah. during yeah, this definitely. COVID time. It was literally like right when everything started going yeah, uh, kind of nuts. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do hope to meet you, to meet you someday. Um, and I love talking about worship and it sounds like you have a lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge to share about these things, not only as a worship leader, 
but also as an artist. I think that there's other people maybe in our audience that are listening that might be um, worship leaders or worship artists uh, trying to do something like musically. Are there any dangers or opportunities that you see right now, post-COVID, um, regarding worship or worship artistry, uh, specifically for Asian Americans? Yeah, I think the church needs to be on board. I think that's the one big thing. Hmm. Um, I think personally, I, I don't think I would have been able to do Kindred if my senior pastor at my church or my church didn't support me. And they wanted to see that vision move forward. And I can imagine, you know, like historically, I think a lot of artists have kind of left the church uh, because they didn't feel supported in the church, mm. which is sad because I think the church was a huge pioneer in artistry for a really long time. And I think there has to be some kind of proactivity to say that, hey, as a church community, we do care about the arts. We do care about how powerful of a medium this can be for us. Um, and so I think there can be a beautiful relationship formed within uh, the Asian American church in specific, because I think sometimes Asian American churches, we can be a little bit slow on the uptake. And, uh, and I understand the fears of it, but I think the church can give really good direction to artistry and the artists can really push the bounds of that direction and do some really awesome things. And so if we're able to see the two work together, um, that, would, that would be the dream and that would be something beautiful. And it would be really awesome to see the church win back some artists. Wow, that, that's really good, man. And I just wanna say that um, I, I think it's awesome what you're doing and I, I encourage you to keep doing it. Something that I want to mention at my church is that for me as a worship leader, the relationship with me and a pastor has been really good. We're like friends and yeah. he's been alongside with me. Uh, I go to First Chinese Baptist Church of Walnut, my pastor, mm -hmm. Hanley Lu. we've actually written songs together and, um, oh, awesome. and the songs that I write you know, he, he sort of, I, I, I ask him, Hey, is it cool if we play this? And he, he, he says, yeah, let's do it. And so he, he kind of, um, yeah, encourages me to, to use art and, and to use it for the church and the church can take part in that and, and sing these original songs. I, I guess for anybody who's listening, I want to encourage you to keep doing that too. If, if that's something that people are interested in. Um, yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Um, just to kind of go off of that really quickly, just like yeah. the fact that you're writing original songs for your community is I think really awesome. I think in some senses, uh, some sense like kind of the, the monoculture of the church is kind of dying out. Um, whether we like it or not, it, it, that might be kind of the reality of where we are at. Like we don't all sing the same songs and we don't all sing the same hymnal um, mm -hmm. anymore. And while that is kind of sad in some respects, but there is also a great opportunity here for a lot of worship leaders to work with their pastors and to write awesome songs for their communities. It doesn't have to be the next Hillsong hit. It doesn't have to be like, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, like a million <laughs> listeners or anything. But if one person is being blessed by that, that talent or skill that you, God has given you, like that, that's amazing. I think that's so cool. 
Yeah. And it's super humbling because I guarantee you the songs that I write are not the next Hillsong songs or even I wouldn't even call them good. But I think he I feel supported, you know, and I feel encouraged to do it. I think, um, yeah, I agree with you. Artists can definitely feel that support from from the church and have a good working relationship with the pastors, whether or not they play the songs or not. You know, I think it's it's just good to talk about these things and just to live life together and just to make art, whether it gets out there or not. It, it's good for for friendships and good for for the church. I want to ask you, what's next for kindred worship? Yeah, <laughs> so that's a good question. Like I said at the beginning, um, like. I didn't know what kindred worship was going to be. And it seems like I'm still figuring out like different details and facets of it um, every step of the way. Um, what I've been noticing, on, at least on Spotify, is that the, the songs that people are responding to are, are like Jesus, I, um, or uh, like Father and Child or Pause, Breathe, like those types of songs. And um, it's those are like the more personal worship songs. And so I'm realizing that the arena of Spotify is just very different from like, oh, I'm just writing congregational worship music. And so I'm kind of in this season right now where I'm working on this album called uh, At the End of the Day, where I'm kind of going through the process of you know, processing God's faithfulness. Um, and it's especially in the time of COVID where it just felt like everything was going crazy, right? Everything was in an upheaval and trying to process that God is still faithful uh, throughout it all. Uh, yeah, it's, that was already something I was talking about, but it became even more relevant while I was writing this album during a pandemic. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully we finish that album soon and I don't know how people are going to take it because it, it does sound kind of drastically different from everything that came before. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited for it too, man. I'll be sure to give it a listen and, and share it. Um, for Before we go, do you have any words of encouragement for fellow worship leaders or worship artists? Yeah. Um, I would say keep going and keep making new things. Uh, my biggest problem is sometimes I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist. And so I have like a, a little bit of paralysis when it comes to like releasing things because either I'm fearful that, you know, there's one little thing theologically that it's wrong or like, uh, or musically, like it's not good enough or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I think what God's been kind of teaching me is that if I'm wrong, then uh, I'll be corrected and I'll just humbly receive that correction. And if it's not good enough, then, you know, that's not the end of the story. Um, I would just encourage, you know, if you're a worship artist or a worship leader, like talk to your pastors, talk about like how you want to keep creating things and you want to keep doing things for God's name. And I think that as you keep creating, even though it might be like, oh, I've created this small thing. That's not the end of your story. You're going to keep creating awesome and beautiful things. And the greatest thing that you're creating is still in the future. And so keep doing it. That's, that's the kind of thing. And at some point, just kind of, you know, release it and move on and then keep creating the next thing. I think we just need to flood this world with more of beautiful things for Jesus. 
And what a good word. David Yoon, Kindred Worship, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, man. I hope we get to get together soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really enjoyed this.